Welcome, Cathedral of Faith. What a privilege, what an honor to come into the presence of the Lord. So wherever you're at, make yourself at home. You are in the presence of your Father. We are here to praise Him. Come on, lift up a shout of praise. Put your hands together with us. Here we go. I saw Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power Yes I do Still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven My praise belongs to you forever We sing it together, come on This is my testimony From death to life, come on Cause grace rewrote my story And I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified testimony this is my testimony oh. come on wherever you're at let's sing it together so come together sons and daughters hey. bought with blood and washed in water hey. sing the praises of the spirit son and father our God We'll finish what he started. Yes. Our God will finish what he started. Come on. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. And I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. not dead then you're not done yes greater things are still to come oh i believe come on if i'm not dead then you're not done you gotta believe that today the greater things are still to come oh i believe come on if i'm not dead then you're not done rewrote my story and I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous well I'm justified this is my testimony
Cathedral of Faith, somebody shout hallelujah. I hope this is your testimony, and if it is, in some way, wherever you're at, could you just make it known? Put it, maybe put it in the chat. Maybe you just need to step back from the computer or the TV set, and you just need to lift up your hands and give him a shout of praise. Maybe some of you need to just get down on your knees and give him thanks for what he's done. He has rewritten our story. He's given us hope. He's given us a future, and he deserves our praise. Somebody shout amen and amen. All of God's people shout hallelujah together. Come on. Hello, Cathedral friends and family. We're so glad that you joined with us today. Here's what's going on. We just wanted to say thank you to all of you that came out to our Night on Broadway concert with Teron Brooks. Teron put on a great concert for us. We had a great time being all together. It was a blast. Speaking of concerts, on July 31st, we're having Music Under the Stars on campus in our amphitheater. You can enjoy a night of jazz music by the Prince of Poppers featuring Jessica Johnson. We'll have free desserts and a dance instructor there to teach us some dance moves so that you can practice them out on the dance floor throughout the night. Guys, this is a great date night idea. It's a free event, so make sure you invite your friends, your family, your neighbors. It's gonna be a great time. As always, for what's happening here at the church, you can follow us on social media, check out the church website, or give us a call at the church office. We would love to hear from you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for being a part of today's online service. I, I appreciate you and I love you and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve you as pastor. And I wanna thank all of you for helping us uh, as you're faithful financially. There's lots of ways to give here at Cathedral of Faith and your faithfulness, especially during these summer months, is greatly, greatly appreciated. It enables us to continue to serve well, our community, I was talking just this week with the director of our food program and he was sharing that already through the first half of the year, we've distributed food uh, to folks that represents more than 200,000 people. There's still a great need out there um, as we're working our way back from the pandemic. So thank you for allowing us to, to serve the community in the way that we do. Uh, through your giving. Uh, and not only are we doing that here, but all around the world, you know, helping us to support the, the mission projects all around the world. In fact, uh, today you're going to hear from just a, a really dear friend of mine. All this month, we're hearing from leaders of leaders, not just leaders in themselves, but they really are leaders to leaders. And Dave Sawkins is one of those guys. Uh, Dave's been such a dear friend and he really is a spiritual father uh, here in the Bay Area. He pastored one of the most influential churches for many, many years. And now he spends his time, well, he raises up leaders over in Europe and trains them. 
Uh, he's a part of a group that helps to advocate for family-friendly policies here in California. And then, of course, his work in Mexico and the kitchens that are involved in feeding kids that are in school down there. And we have a chance to be a part of that. Uh, and it's so great to have him here with us today. So here's a message from my friend, Dave Sawkins. Good morning, Cathedral. It's just great to be with you here again today. I've been stoked about the possibility of being here. Now today we're gonna to talk about how to make wise and godly decisions. But as we begin our time together, I want to remind us of what uh, James says in the book of James, that uh, draw near to God, that he'll draw near to you. So I want you just to take a moment in your heart and in your mind to pause and just simply say, dear God, I want to draw near to you. So just take a moment to do it. Say, dear God, I want to draw near to you. Draw near to me. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's our uh, overall scripture that we're going to start with today. It says, tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Then you'll understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. You will understand what is right and just and fair and you will know how to find the right, that's a key word, course of action every time. Now a number of years ago when my oldest son was, uh, was young and we were living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, we took a trip up into the, uh, the Rockies and up in the Colorado. It was a, just a tremendous time of being together as a family. But I noticed as we would stop the car, we would get out and uh, my son would go taking off down the path and I would say to him over and over again, don't get out of sight. But one thing kept reoccurring and one of the things that kept reoccurring was that he would go up the pathway a little ways, look to see if I were coming and then he would stop and as I got closer to him, he would begin to back up kind of like this until he hit my knees, and when he hit my knees, he would look up to me and throw up his hands, and I knew exactly what that meant, that he wanted me to lift them up and to put them on my shoulders. And I, first of all, thought, well, he just got tired of walking, or he didn't want to be that far away from me, but virtually every time we stopped to explore the forest and the surroundings, he would just start this little back up things, and then I began to realize what he was doing is that it looked different from up here, then down here, when you're at knee level, things look totally different. But when you're up here, it's magnificent. And so what is wisdom? Wisdom is looking at life from God's viewpoint from up here instead of down here. Now, all of us want to make wise decisions, but we don't always make wise decisions. Matter of fact, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Sam Phillips a number of years ago sold his recording studio to, to RCA, it was in 1955, and he sold it for $35,000. But he didn't realize that he had a young recording artist that was signed up by the name of Elvis Presley, and in a bad decision, he sold away all the rights to all the music of Elvis Presley and lost billions of dollars. There's Tom Selleck, who you still see on TV and on different kind of uh, uh, ads on TV. Tom Selleck was asked to be in the Raiders of the Lost Ark and turned it down. Bad decision. 
1936, there was Joe and Jerry who owned the rights to uh, Superman, and they sold away those rights for $65 a piece. Bad decision. Not long ago, there was a young man in a hand glider that passed over a house and saw a lady in the backyard and made an obscene gesture to her. She complained to her husband. He came out with a submachine gun and shot the guy down out of the air. There was a bad decision. A few years back, there was a guy in Boston who wanted to steal two Maine lobsters, and the way that he thought he would do it was to shove them down into his pants and walk out. Bad decision. A few years ago, there was a bank robber that went into Germany, and he decided as he walked into the bank that he would rob the bank, and the teller said to him, well, we can't let you rob the bank without an ID, and he gave to the teller his license and left it there as he walked out with the money. Bad decisions. And then there's a, what I call one of the classic. Several years back, there was a, a prison guard and uh, the warden, I guess, decided to put a trampoline into the prison yard so the guys could get some exercise. And then all of a sudden realized that three guys were missing because they're able to jump over the fence. Bad decision. Now, why are we going to talk about wisdom? Because in the midst of our culture, there is an, an, an external force that is trying to push us into its mold. So the Apostle Paul writes in the, the book of Romans, he says, don't be squeezed in to the world's mold. But more and more we find the world trying to squeeze us in to its mold, and anyone who objects to that is being shut down. But as God's kids, we still have to do the things that are wise according to God's directions. And so here's what the book of Hebrews says, and this is important to me. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, now here's my key point here, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, what I want to concentrate on is that he exists. Because there are a couple of different things going on in our world today. There are those who believe that God exists, and those who believe that God doesn't exist. There are two different ideologies at work. One we call the faith Christian perspective, the Bible perspective. The other, for just to explain it really easy, is what I call the evolutionary viewpoint. In a biblical viewpoint, God is creator, and he is the one that we honor and love. In the evolutionary viewpoint, somehow human beings just came into existence and there is no God. In the biblical viewpoint, God is in the kitchen and all the ingredients are laid out in the counter and he mixes them together and then he batters them together and then he puts them in the oven and out comes a human being. In the evolutionary viewpoint, somehow all of the ingredients just show up on the counter Somehow they get into the bowl all by themselves. Somehow they get all mixed up by themselves. They get into the oven by themselves, and they come out a male and a female all by themselves. That's one ideology, as we call the secular ideology, or there's the biblical ideology. Now, what's one of the problems with evolution? One of the problems with evolution, if there's no God and there's no creation, then there is no fall. For instance, in the biblical viewpoint, what you have is that God comes in and creates man and woman, puts them in the garden, and we have what we call the fall. 
And in the midst of the fall, man and woman become separated from God. In the evolutionary concept, since there is no fall, everybody does what is right in their own eyes. While I was growing up, the word tolerant used to mean that I would be respectful of your viewpoint even if I didn't agree with it. But now tolerance means that I have to accept and believe your viewpoint even though God says it's a viewpoint contradictory to what he says in his word. Now let's just get lost for a moment. And what I mean by that is that I have to understand that I have a limited capacity of my own wisdom. The Bible says this, that there's a way that looks right onto man, but the end of that way is death. The Apostle Paul says over in the book of Romans, he says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, what he simply means by that is that God is a, a God who reflects his life into the mirror of our life, and something has happened to our mirror, and our mirror has become distorted. So if you go over to Santa Cruz to the boardwalk and you walk into the funhouse, somewhere in that funhouse, usually at the end, you're going to find a whole set of mirrors. And some of those mirrors are going to make you look very tall and skinny. Some of them are going to cut you in half. And some of them are going to make you very wide and fat as you look in. There's a distortion that's coming back in that mirror. And that's what's happened in our lives. Sin has distorted it the reflection that we're supposed to have for God. All of us in some way have been broken and we've missed out on God's very best for our lives. Jesus kind of says it this way. Jesus says there are two paths. Broad is one way and many take that broad path to destruction. But he says the road to eternal life has a narrow gate and a narrow road and few there are who take it. Now, one of the things that Jesus emphasizes for us, and we see it in his conflict with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and religious rulers of his day, is not everybody is our friend. Now, we've seen that in the midst of this pandemic. Up until this pandemic, the church was valued in the midst of our community. What God was saying has found value in the midst of our community. But all of a sudden, we've had political leaders who have given absolutely no value to the church. Matter of fact, the church was declared non-essential and pastors were declared non-essential. What he is saying, Jesus is saying to us, there's a Broadway and that Broadway has nothing to do with God. Matter of fact, that Broadway resists God. And there is a narrow way that leads to eternal life. So we look for wisdom. Wisdom that God can guide us and lead us into the truths of the decisions that we need to make. Wisdom that reveals to us the way that God would have us to live. Making wise decisions that bring God's glory to him and good into our life. Matter of fact, it's Jesus who lets us know that he came to bless us, not to harm us. And so God brings life to us as we make wise decisions, and those wise decisions bring life into the midst of us. 
Now, what I have up here are some tests and so forth. There's six ways to test a, a wise decision, six ways to test a good decision. And we're going to spend most of our time in just the, the front part of this. The, 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 the first idea is this, it's the ideal test. Is it in harmony with God's word? So if I'm going to go make a decision, is it what God wants? The Bible says this to us. The Bible says that your word is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. In other words, God's willing to reflect into the midst of our lives the things that we'd have us do, and he shines a light so we don't have to stumble. It's the Apostle Paul who's writing to Timothy, and he talks about the word of God, and as he talks about the word of God, he says, the word of God tells us how to get on the right path. The word of God tells us when we're on the right path. And then he says the word of God tells us when we're off of the path and how to get back to the path. Uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews says that we need to be cautious and we need to be concerned about what we call drifting away. I don't know if you've ever been on a float trip or a, a a drift trip. I've gone what we call drift fishing where you put the boat in at one point point. you just get your rod and reel out and you sit in the boat. You don't have to really steer it a whole lot. You just drift. And you can drift all day long going down the river and, and doing all the fishing that you want, you want to do and you're hoping to be successful, but you're just drifting and they have to pick you up miles and miles down the river from where you first got in. The same thing the Apostle Paul says can happen to our life, that we can have this tight connection with God and Jesus Christ as believers, but if we are not being cautious about all the things that we're doing, then before long we find ourselves drifting away from the divine truths of God. And the world trying to push us into its mold helps us in that drifting motion, tries to undo us from the anchor of Jesus that we begin to believe that we can do life without God. What is it that the, the Bible talks about? The Bible talks about all of the issues of life, and so we want to sit down for just a moment and spend some time at this very first point. That ideal test is to, is it in harmony with God's word? God's word talks about finances, God says, this is how I handle my finances. Don't get caught up in, in let's get rich quick schemes. In other words, use my money for God's glory. Use it for the things that God intended me to use it for, and he can teach me how to prosper. Matter of fact, it's, it's Jeremiah who says that God's plan for us is not to harm us, but to prosper us. It's Jesus who said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so I found out with my finances that I have really a choice. With my finances, I'm either going to handle my finances by reason or I'm going to handle my finances by revelation. When I handle my money and finances by reason, I always say, do I have enough? And I always have a scarcity mentality. But when I use my finances by revelation, I hold my hand out to God and ask God how he wants me to manage these finances that he's given to me because he's the provider of all good things. I had an interesting time last Sunday. I was back in the Midwest and we're heading off to church 
And I had uh, four out of five of my grandkids with me. And the oldest one was, uh, uh, nine, is nine years old. And the youngest one is six years old. So I actually had a six, seven, eighth, and nine-year-old in the car. And we're on our way to church. Now, when we'd gotten up in the morning, and I said to one of my granddaughters, we're going to church today, she kind of looked at me and said, no way, I don't want to go. But in our home, I just have to tell you, that's not an option. So I just said, we're going to church. And so we're driving to church. And on the way to church, I, say, I said to him, I said, in the, the book of Job, God says that the lion goes, hunt, goes hunting, but that God provides the prey. And then I said to him, in our world, we go to work but God provides the resources to live in the home and to have food on our table. Now, the way I propositioned that to the kids, I said, who provides the prey? And the nine-year-old says, God does. And I said, who provides the food? And the other ones spoke up and they say, God does. And I said, that's why we're on the way to church. We're on the way to church to honor the God who cares for us and provides for us and blesses us because God's word says things about finances that I need to know. God's word says things about marriage that I need to know. Matter of fact, God says to us over in the book of Ephesians that men are to love their wives as Jesus loved the church and that women are to respect their husbands, being considerate of them. That's, that's God's view, to make the home together the way that God wants it to be. Matter of fact, you get over the book of Malachi. Malachi says, what does God have against you, the people he was talking to at that time? He says that you don't honor the wife of your youth. He talks about marriage, and when he talks about marriage, he talks about fidelity. I was talking to a friend of mine not long ago that said he and another friend met and both of them were married and all of a sudden they start talking to a couple of, uh, of ladies that were not their wives and their wives were not there and his friend went off with one of the ladies for the night and uh, he said when he saw the guy the next day, he just had his, uh, his face in his hands and saying, oh Lord, what in the world have I done? Listen, in the, in the world's way, marriage can be anything, but in God's way, marriage is between a man and a woman. In the world's way, two people can just live together and call themselves married, and God says that uh, that's not his idea of marriage. His idea of marriage involves a commitment between a man and a woman that puts them together for the rest of their lives. That's God's wisdom. Somebody said, well, what happens if people divorce? It's not the unpardonable sin. But when the teachers of the law came to Jesus and said, what about divorce? Jesus said, the reason you get divorced is by the hardness of your heart. Listen, some of you are thinking about divorce. And let me just say this to you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Keep your heart soft and find a way to keep it soft so that you can build a relationship with the spouse of your youth. The Bible says there's a lot of things that we need to know about education, that it's his word that makes us wise, but we are to teach our children when we rise up in the morning, when we walk the way, and as we lie down at night. In other words, there's a parental responsibility to see that our children are educated in the principles of God. 
I had a friend that said to me a number of years ago, he said, you give a child an education without God and all you do is make a clever devil. What God needs is young boys and girls who are finding a life relationship with him, being educated in his word to keep a moral value in their life and in their community, within their family, within their country, to God's glory. God says, I have a value, and I have a value of family. And when I look into his word, he says, don't exacerbate your children. Don't abuse your children. But bring your children up in the admonition and the love of the Lord. God talks about business. And it says, this is how you have fair practices in business. This is how you honor people in business. I have to say that I have a, a, a relative of mine that's working for a, a Christian company uh, in this valley that honors God with all the things that he's doing within the midst of the company. And she has a delight working there because the business is, is just surrounded by God's care and God's principle. And the, and the owners of that company bless their people and honor their people time and time again. She said to me one day, she says, I've worked several places in this valley and no one has blessed me in Christ like working for this particular company. Matter of fact, the Bible says you got to be careful about your partnerships. As a pastor, I don't know how many times I've talked to guys who had what I've called unholy alliances and wondering why their business are beginning to go sideways because the partners that they have are living by a secular value instead of a godly value. Listen, there's a big issue in our society all surrounding the issues of sex. So now, now if you don't recognize it and haven't come to grips with it yet, God made you sexual. But God says there are some boundaries in the mix of that sexuality. A number of uh, years ago, I had a, a young couple who came to me. They wanted to get married, but they'd both just finished their bachelor's degree, and now we're going to spend a, a year uh, doing their master's degrees, and they didn't want to wait a year to get married, and so they went to their parents, and they said, you know, we're just going to play house for a year, and then after the year, we're going to get married. And both the parents were uh, strong believers, and they looked at these kids, and they said, we understand what you're saying, but no way. And so they came to me, and they said, can you just do a, a very private uh, marriage in your office with the family. And then a year from now, we'll have the, the big wedding. And I said, well, with the understanding that the, the couple here and you will make knowing that these guys are already married and that's why they're together and they're just not shacking up and to make sure that God receives his glory and our things are done God's way. We see a lot of confusion going on in our society right now around sexuality. Where we're trying to determine whether there's biological sex or I can be whatever sex I want to be at any time that I want to be at. Uh, last month, we had a, a whole month that our society seems to be giving away to a, a, a lifestyle that God does not condone. We call it Pride Month. But let me just simply say to you, the Bible says this, that pride goes before fall. 
because I need, regardless of what the world is saying to me, to live by the values that God wants me to live by. Here's the other thing. There's a lot of issues going on about immigration. And God says things about immigration. By the way, governments have a right to protect their borders if they want to protect their borders. But the Bible is very explicit. And if you have a, what the Bible would call a foreigner or an alien living in your country, you do not abuse them. But you care for them as you would care for all people. We have a lot of issues going on about uh, racial things within our society. And you got to be careful what you say anymore. And I'm not sure what I'm going to say was going to, in a sense, fly with everybody. But years ago, Bob Shuler came up with a little illustration, and he talked about a guy who was out at county fair, and he was selling balloons, and hot air balloons, and so, you know, the balloon would go up, and every once in a while, he'd just let a balloon go up in the air to draw some attention, and he said, uh, uh, a young man came up to him, a little boy actually came up to him, and the boy had a darker skin than most of the people who seemed to be at the fair. And he said to this guy who was letting the, the balloons go up in the air, he said, if you let a balloon of this color go up, will it fly like the other balloons? And the man looked at the little boy and he said, you know, son, the color of the balloon doesn't make any difference. It's what is inside that makes the difference. For God has created us as his creation, as a one people to bless each other and to care for each other. Listen, when I look in the God's word, it tells me about eternity. It helps me to recognize that I'm not just to live here in the now, but I'm going to, supposed to live for all eternity. There's a lot that I can say about that, but let me say to you, in 1917, uh, Israel was freed from the Ottoman Empire. 50 years later, and God works in 50 years increments, uh, Jerusalem was restored to the Jewish people. 50 years later, in 2017, President Trump moved the American embassy in Jerusalem, recognizing it as the capital of Israel. People say, watch what China is doing. Watch what Russia is doing. The Bible says, watch what God is doing in Jerusalem, for it will give you an eternal perspective of life instead of just here and now life. So what's the first test? What does the Bible say? Now, very quickly, we're going to go through the next of these things. The next one says the integrity test. Well, I want everyone to know the decision that I'm making. And sometimes, because we like to live in the margins, to live on the edge, sometimes because we like living in darkness rather than light, the answer to that is no. But here's what the Bible says to us. The Bible says the man of integrity walks securely, but he who walks a crooked path will be found out. The Bible simply says you your sins will be revealed. It's beyond me the times that I've talked to Christian people who hiding in the darkness have not maintained their integrity and when they have found out some of them have lost everything. Let's go on to the, the next part. It says knowing what is right to do then not doing it is sin. When you know that you're supposed to do something or not doing something and you pass over that line you lose your integrity. Let's get the next thing that is in here. If someone believes something is wrong then he shouldn't do it because for him it is sin. 
And so maintain your integrity. Let's get the next thing that is up here. The next thing says this, the importance, the improvement test, will it make me a better person? If I'm gonna make a decision, a godly, wise decision, I've gotta ask that, the question, will I be more holy or less holy after I make this decision? Because God says to us, be holy as I am holy. In this whole idea of make me better, will my character improve or will my character be lessened? Let's take a look at some of the things here. The Bible says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial and not everything is constructive. There's a lot of things that I can do in life, but it doesn't make it, me a better person in doing those things, even though it's permissible. Listen, I can go down and buy marijuana and everything, but it might not give me a, a better life. I've worked in drugs for a long, long time, and I've seen the destructions of alcohol and, and heroin and meth and a variety of things, and it might be good for a moment, but it's not good for the long run. Let's get on to the next one here. The next one is this, the independence test. Could it make me addicted? And the answer to that and the things that I was just talking about is Yes. There are addictive things that get a hold of me that move me away from the life that God wants me to have. Addictive things that I think I can control when I begin, but then I can't control them in the long run. Let's take a look at a verse here. This verse says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I've got a friend who teaches alcoholics and drug addicts. And one of the things that he says to them is that God has given you the gift of alcoholism. Now, somebody say, what do you mean by the gift? He says, he's given you the gift so you can get well and walk in a wholeness and a holiness and teach other people how to come out of a lifestyle that's been destructive to them. He's gifted you so that you can gift others. Listen, God wants you out of addictive lifestyles. Here's the next thing that we need to talk about. It says, I can do anything I want if Christ has, has not said no, but some of these things aren't good for me. Even if I'm allowed to do them, I refuse if I think that they might get such a grip on me that I can't easily stop when I want to. Addiction, let's get to the next one here. The next one says to this, the influence sense, will it harm other people? And if the answer to that is yes, then your answer needs to be no. If your answer to that is it will bless people and encourage people, that's exactly what you want to do. Here's what the Bible says to us. The Bible says each of us will give an account of himself to God. Try to live in such a way that you will never make your brother stumble. Don't be a stumbling brother. By letting him see what he's doing is something that he thinks wrong. In other words, build bridges for people in the relationship with God. Don't become a stumbling block for their people's relationship with God. Here's what the, we know from God's word. Even if we believe that it makes no difference to the Lord, whatever we do these things, still we can't just go ahead and do them to please ourselves. We must bear the burden of being considerate for those with doubts and fears of others. Let's hit the next one because our time's about up here. Here's the sixth one. The investment test. Is it the best test of the use of my time? Uh, at this point, I just want to say thanks. Uh, this is one of the most creative churches that I've ever seen. And in the midst of the pandemic last year, you chose to have an outside Christmas program why other churches just fled away from doing anything. 
I have an old 1971 15-seater van, and I loaded my entire family up in that van along with my two granddaughters, and we came over here to your evening Christmas program. And in the midst of you investing your life in eternal things, I had two granddaughters and a family that were absolutely amazed. And I want to thank you for taking an eternal life investment and particularly pouring it in to my two granddaughters. You could have stayed home. But the creative arts team, the drama team, everybody is coming together in the church here to make that production happen. You made a difference in the life of my children. And I want to thank you. So how do we close up? We started by saying, ask God to draw near to you that you might draw near to him. As we close, why don't you say the same thing? Dear God, I want to draw near to you and please draw near to me. I want to live in your wisdom and in your knowledge. Now, tell God that you need him. And if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, your first step is to say, Dear God, I believe that Jesus is your son, my Savior. He came to wash away all of my sins. I invite your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. And I give you praise in his name. Amen. God bless you. Dave, thank you so much for uh, sharing that message with us. And it's such a privilege to be able to partner with Dave. And we're grateful for what God is doing down in Mexico through his missions activities. Well, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, please let us know what that is. We'd love to pray with you and, and pray for you. And then right after, uh, right after this service is the wrap. And it's a great way to go deeper and further with the message that you just heard. Now, normally I do the benediction at this point, but today I want to do something a little different. You know, here at Cathedral of Faith, well, we like to say God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Well, to wrap up service today, I want you to, well, celebrate with our World of Arts team the message that God is a good God. Here's our World of Arts team. The times I've called your name some broken night And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get amnesia I forget that you keep coming around You ain't no way you'll ever let me down Is he good? He's good. 
Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God Almighty. You say your love goes on forever and that your mercy never stops. So why would I assume you'd be somebody that you're not? Like sun in the morning, I know you're gonna be there every day. So what on earth could make me be afraid? Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God Almighty. Hey, come on. Say praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime, praise him when the sun goes down. Love him in the morning, love him in the noontime, love him when the sun goes down. Good God Almighty. Jesus when the sun goes down Jesus in the morning Jesus in the noontime Jesus when the sun goes down Welcome everybody to be the Come on in, it's time for the wrap And I tell you what, you made a wise decision By tuning into this Because Mr. Dave Sawkins just delivered a message that was just jam-packed with wisdom it was Absolutely. i think it was better than eating a thousand fortune cookies it was, Absolutely. <laughs> it was, it was thank you so much it was jam-packed <laughs> with wisdom and so we just want to thank you for being a part of this too this oh, conversation yeah, exciting this is yeah, great to help help the listeners like you know maybe try to memorize uh, what they heard in the mm-hmm. sermon uh so uh mr dave Sawkins, thank you for being a part of this well thank you god's yeah. word is good all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great to have Megan with us, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. We'd love to, uh, Megan, I'd uh, love to hear what you heard from Mr. Dave Sockins today. So, from the sermon today, I just love the practical takeaways. Mm. All your um, visuals, I could take those and write them in my notebook. Mm. I could put them in my planner um, just to align my day with God. Mm. Every morning, I like to start my day off with what am I doing today? Yeah. And just taking the first harmony with God's word. Yeah. Like, yeah. is what I might, every step that I'm taking in the day, everything that I have lined up, is that harmony, is that harmony with God? Mm-hmm. And if it is, then I'm on the right foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, my day is going to be perfect because mm-hmm. I'm already aligned with God. And just the other practical takes, takeaways, like your integrity test, your sins will mm-hmm. be revealed. Mm-hmm. All that is just so much for, as a young adult woman, um, just integrity alone is mm-hmm. a lot nowadays, yeah. especially on social media mm-hmm. and seeing all the posts of, uh, other women, other men who post things that I would never post because it doesn't align with me and God and my right. values and what I f- see as fit for my life. Mm. So 
just thank you so much for speaking mm-hmm. those words into me today and just reminding me that yeah. I'm on the right path and I am doing what God yeah. has instilled in me. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, authenticity in the faith mm-hmm. is tremendously important. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the fact is, you know, John says, if we say we have no sin, and he's talking mm. to believers, mm. he says we're deceiving ourselves. Mm. You know, so the fact is that we don't get off the, the reservation every once in a while. Mm. Okay. But the word of God tells us how to get back connected. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep what I call short accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I realize that I've crossed the line, mm-hmm. wow. get it taken care of now, mm-hmm. not later. Mm. And it helps me maintain that integrity. It means I also have to apologize and say I'm sorry mm. and mm. get some things corrected. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so thanks. Good. Yeah, the authenticity is huge. Mm. Absolutely. That's so good. On the same lines of what you're saying about drifting, you mentioned drifting and you gave us that visual of being in a boat and then all of us, the fishermen, and then all of a sudden ending way far down. I think about some of the times in my life frequently and then some of the big ones where I have been completely off and how did I get there? I never chose to just end up there. When I look back, I see the small incremental steps that I've taken and how I got there, not intentionally, but by not being intentional and by Mm. drifting. Absolutely. And by not realizing that these little things really matter. And I can think in my mind too, where at times the lie that I believed was, it's just this. Mm. Right. I'll only do this or it's not really a sin, but I just... You know, I, I begin to rationalize things, and I feel like mm. that is a lot of, of what gets us into the big trouble is that drifting. And then you countered it with the scripture that said, um, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right. And I feel like that's the way for us to not mm. drift, mm. Yeah. is to make sure that we are really seeking God. Well, and, and that was one of the, the things that happened during the pandemic. Mm. I need the church family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the church helps me stay on track yeah. and, mm-hmm. and it's great to be doing, you know, this online mm-hmm. and so forth, yeah. but I need the hugs and the love. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to see people face to face. And even though churches have thrived in many ways through the pandemic, we've also had disconnection mm-hmm. right. and, yeah. and people have felt alone and they're struggling and they're mm-hmm. not getting that strength from the body that they need. So yeah. I'm really excited about people coming back to church. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love that, uh, the, the current, I mean, we, I feel like, you know, the drifting that you're mm-hmm. mentioning, we're like, there's a current that mm-hmm. we're in. Like, we're not just, we're not just stable. Mm-hmm. Like there's Absolutely. a current of culture and in our, our mm-hmm. popular society. Uh, so, and it's, it's becoming very unpopular to, re, to make mention of a truth mm-hmm. or make, make of a North Star. Like there's this, um, so how have you kind of dealt with this? Like being someone who has lived longer than us. Yeah, I'm the old guy here. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't want to say it that way. I didn't think that sounded, I didn't think that sounded good. Uh, but yeah, so you, uh, there's so much that comes with experience and you've, you've, mm-hmm. you've seen different uh, decades and political movements and current uh, cultural trends that the church has had to weather. Mm-hmm. How is this one different to you? It's a loaded question. Well, well uh, uh, Drucker, Peter Drucker, uh, taught at Claremont College and is known to be the uh, uh, father of modern management. And I was in a meeting with him for, with a few pastors years ago, and somebody said, Mr. Drucker, because he had to run from the Holocaust, mm-hmm. said, said, Mr. Drucker, uh, is the world more evil than it is today? Mm. And his response was, he said, 
no. The, the, the world has always been evil. Mm -hmm. But in our society, we have lost our propriety. Mm. In other words, wickedness used to be behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now it's out in the open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And when it comes out in the open, you have to resist. Mm -hmm. and, and as part of the church, because we are loving, kind people, we don't want to be seen as obstinates. We don't want to be yep. seen as haters, and that's yep. the word that's being used. But you got to stand up and say no. Mm -hmm. And part of that saying no is to get involved in a democratic process that allows us to get people into office mm -hmm. who shares our values. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because a lot of the laws in that are coming down yeah. from up here. They're not things that we voted on. Mm -hmm. They've just been handed to us. Mm -hmm. And if we have people who don't share our values that are mm -hmm. making those decisions, we get into a major mm -hmm. shift. And so, yeah, at my age, I look back and I say, how do we get here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten here by bad legislation mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah. And not protecting mm -hmm. our kids and our community. Yeah. And so somewhere we pray through it, mm -hmm. but there's got to be some action to the things uh, that yeah. we do to keep us on track as a as a community, as a state, and as a nation that uh, yeah. stops us from moving more and more to ungodliness. Yeah. So I don't know if that's full answer. No, I you. appreciate that because I think, I think the relevance and the importance of the discussion is that, that uh, the church has, you know, has always been and will always be relevant. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, um, and even though the, 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 the current of culture right now is, is trying to make the church seem that it's irrelevant and even evil. Yes. And absolutely. so like, and I think the progress that I see in, you know, my short time, uh, that you say that the, the, the world has always been evil. Evil's now out in the open. Mm -hmm. But now I think the progression is that evil is now attractive to, well, to. But Satan always tries to make it attractive. Right, but I, but it wasn't in culture. Well, in culture, we had a Christian culture no. that said mm -hmm. even the community stood by the standard, even though people weren't necessarily Christians. They said, this is a good standard, and we let that go now. Right. And what we're seeing in other countries now is legislation that says if you teach against some of these things that the Bible teaches against, uh, you're arrested. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've had pastors in, in, in European countries, and we've had mm -hmm. pastors in Canada that have been arrested or fined for preaching the things that sure. the mm -hmm. Bible says. Mm -hmm. right. And sooner or later, that's going to come knocking on our, our door. And like I said in the message, we live in a society that will try to marginalize the church. Right. And so in the state of California, we have had six slapdowns by the Supreme Court. Mm. One of them specifically to our county mm -hmm. that says you can't take away people's religious liberty. Right. But it's right. not because they're not trying. Right. That's very true. Very true. Uh, what's that one uh, phrase that you, you quoted earlier that you enjoyed? Oh, the one yeah. where you can give education yeah. to your children, but if you take out God, you just make a clever devil. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool <laughs> yeah. Sorry, It's so true. Like, mm -hmm. because I think so, it's, it's, what makes this a vital conversation for us mm -hmm. is that it's not just about us. It's about mm -hmm. those who come behind us. Yes. Right? It's about the world they will inherit mm -hmm. and the society that they will inherit. And, like, mm -hmm. if, we, and if we continually move the bar or lower the That's bar, right. eventually there is no bar. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's scary that like, what you find, 
you know, like it's the simplicity of the gospel that Mm -hmm. says, okay, you know, align yourself with God first Mm -hmm. or, you know, seek ye first. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. We don't even want to adopt that one anymore. It's like we we want to, there's got to be another way. There's got to be an app Mm -hmm. for this. And I feel like it'll get really confusing, like where is even the line Mm -hmm. of God? Mm -hmm. Like if there's like three different avenues that they've been shown, where Mm -hmm. is the true line? Satan does a good job of trying to make a lot of gray. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, and we get confused in the gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which highlights the broad and the narrow that you said too. Absolutely. And the facting that sometimes like it'll, it feels more and more in this culture that some of the decisions that we need to make or for our children seems to be completely countercultural to what everyone else is doing. And it can be labeled as old fashioned or this or this or that, but it's what the word has said that it's a narrow road and it's even being labeled now though as hate. Absolutely. Yeah. But but as our kids were growing up, there were some kids that they could go stay at their house and some kids they couldn't go stay at their house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the values weren't the same in in both households, you know, Paul says it when he says evil companions corrupt good morals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the right. old way of saying it. You got to, who you hang around with is what you, it affects you, you yeah. become. Yeah. And I think you just say it, put it out there just that the word of God has so much to say about every single area yeah, of absolutely. our lives. Yeah. And so when it comes down to it, it's that scripture that you started with, which is our scripture here, which is James mm-hmm. that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's so right wherever right. it is that we're in need, where we need wisdom, direction, clarity, God has promised in his word, he will draw close there to us. There is a truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. There a- is a amen. truth. God, right. You know, mm-hmm. God doesn't jump out somewhere and say, surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you get to a dead end, he didn't yeah. lead you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I want to put you on the spot really quick. Right. Um, with this amazing message and this, this, this foundational truth that we rest our faith on, for those who are listening, this, as they go into this week, what is one way, practical way, that they can kind of make a step in this direction of, of, of seeking God's wisdom? Well, you've just got to be in the word. But uh, one of the things that I've done uh, in training church leaders is you go to the book of Proverbs and you'll find approximately 44 different character types mm. in the book of Proverbs. Mm. You need to write down that character type mm. and what God says about each character. Mm. That's good. And so you say, a person behaves like this, this is what God says. Mm. I behave like this, this is what God says. Yeah. But you'll find approximately 44 different characters in the mm. book of Proverbs and what God thinks about that character. That's good. Yeah, it's called wisdom literature for a reason. <laughs> yes, <Right>. wisdom literature, <laughs> yeah. absolutely That's right. Great. Well, Mr. Dave Songins, thank you so much for being here. Well, you're and, welcome. Yeah, and, and thank you for the Thanks word. Thanks for letting me join. Absolutely. And Cathedral of Faith, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope that... Uh, you've enjoyed this conversation with Mr. Dave Salkins, and please, like, seek the wisdom of God above all things. Draw nigh to him, and he will draw near to you. And so we just pray that you have an amazing week. Stay connected to the church. There's so much going on. There's so much coming up. And we, like you mentioned earlier, we need the church. Stay connected to the church. Whatever you do, you can't do this on your own. That's not how God designed us. Yeah. That's right. So we need each other. We need the church. So stay connected. We love you, Cathedral of Faith. And as always, it's it's a wrap. wrap. (laughs) Woo!